passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert, who looks quite pensive and, and emotional right now. You okay, Gills? I am great. <clears throat> what does pensive mean? Pensive means thoughtful. You know, like lost in your thoughts. Hmm. You just uh, can you can you give me the origin? Uh, the origin is from the Latin word penalia, which means uh, Fitz made stuff up. <laughs> Breaking news here on the uh, podcast: Riley Gates is sending out massive. Snapchats to Zach Carlson about his bad decisions gambling. More on this later in the podcast, possibly. Or we just might make fun of Riley Gates later in the podcast. It was a push. It was a push. Isn't a push not winning? You get your money back. That's true. But, you know, you come all that way, you get so close, and then nothing. It's kind of like Riley Gates. I don't know. Gambling's still illegal in Kansas. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's just doing it for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. Remember, kids, gambling in Kansas is illegal. Consult your local bookie for guidelines. Lots to talk about. I like that you've done this one question from a person because now we have a lot of different people asking questions, Zach. I compliment you on this. You're welcome. When we come back this summer, when we're doing this, we're going to need... The summertime, the rule is going to end shortly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if this is in the podcast. If it is, scratch it off. The overtime will start in early May. I have a business trip to accomplish in the last weekend of April overlapping into the first few days of May. That's what Pickles used his one question on this podcast. Wow, his one for. question. And so he just Pickles, said, there you scratch go. it. There you go, Pick. There, That's it. We won't get to that until May. Um, we do have something special planned for the week I leave. We'll do a regular podcast, and I believe we will do one more of those vaunted recruiting podcasts. This one won't be behind the paywall because we'll discuss all the kids in Kansas with – our own Ryan Wallace and Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. So we're going to get that scheduled, come back, continue the questions podcast, get the overtime going, and Life of Fits will kick in probably closer to the summer. Just I don't want to work that hard right now. No spring football anything on Saturday, boys. Thanks for the day off, boss. Darn. Yeah. Okay, so I was asked on uh, WIW about my thoughts about this, and I'm anti-spring game. <laughs> 
I have been for a long time. Years of watching Bill Snyder like parade out the most basic plays and show nothing in a non-competitive game in which he has to flip the score at halftime just broke me a spring game. I, 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 I like the idea of a spring game, but I think you should be able to do it like a jamboree. Bring in Nebraska. <clears throat> Bring up... I don't know, a school from Texas, SMU, some school you will never play unless it's a bowl game, and have a four-school jamboree. Bring people in if you want to host it at at Nebraska, if you want to host it at K-State one year, if you want to host it in Dallas. Get some excitement. Can you define jamboree for me? Jamboree. Two teams are playing and on half the field, and the other two teams are playing on the other half of the field. They're scrimmaging, and then you will run a certain amount of plays, and then you flip, and the teams go back and forth. Mm. Or you just bring in Nebraska and you just play a game. That just sounds kinky. I, th- I think you should do what OU has done in the past and do offense versus defense. And the defense scores points by doing stuff like interceptions and fourth sure. down stops and whatever. <clears throat> That's what you should do. I'm I'm not anti-spring game. I'm anti-lame spring game, which is what you have described, Fitz. Which all of them are. Because nowadays with social media, nobody wants to show anything in the spring game. Because let's be honest, in 1970 at Nebraska, if you wanted to know what Nebraska had added in the spring, you had to physically go to Lincoln, get into the stadium, and watch it. But now, any schmo with their, their camera phone can phone, camera, camera, phone, can broadcast it on social media. Look at this cool play, and everyone has it. And the highlights can just be out there. So I'm anti-spring game, but you know what I'm more anti than spring game? Anti-open practice spring conclusion, what K-State was going to do. We're not going to actually take the time to scrimmage, but we're going to show you some practice. The best thing that came out of that last year was Wally giving us those notebooks that had everybody's number and name. And do you remember this? Yeah. I still have that. Wally's so thorough. I use it. So shout out to Wally. So thorough. So what happened here is K-State has so many injuries on the defensive side in particular. And these aren't necessarily injuries suffered in spring football. A vast majority of them, I believe, are postseason surgical corrections for shoulders and knees and get them out of the way and everyone will be healthy. But K-State season spilled into, for example, if you were another school in the state of Kansas that never goes to bowl games or hasn't in like 10 years, just hypothetically speaking, in Lawrence, um, your season would have been over around December 1. And you could get all these things done and probably guys would be back. Like Adrian Martinez, if if he'd had surgery on December 1, well, I don't know. He didn't go to a bowl at Nebraska either. It's a bad, bad idea. Anyhow, uh, I'm I'm happy that they're not going to do this. Give Ron Prince credit where credit is due. Ron Prince that was fun. better. He made it. A, it wasn't a jamboree. It was a carnival. Br- yeah, bring the, bring the Ferris wheel. Park the Ferris wheel in the parking lot. That's what... That's, that's that is the standard of what a spring game should be at K State. That's just a Ferris happy wheel. statement. I don't even I don't even care about spring game. You tell me you're going to park a Ferris wheel in the parking lot. That just improved everything, right? Hey, Gills, you like Ferris wheels? No. Okay. Cole, like Ferris wheels? <laughs> I don't like heights. I don't. Okay, I'm with you. I'm the same way. I will do a Ferris wheel only if it's a completely enclosed thing. Uh, that I don't have to look over the edge. Uh, Zach, I got an alternative question for you. Do you like Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I like Ferris wheels better. Okay, there we go. Bueller. 
We're sponsored by The Fridge. Uh, I, I had a, I was cleaning the house yesterday. Um, and my wife really appreciated it. I, I realized that my refrigerator in my downstairs bar was kind of full. So I cleaned it out of some of my favorite beer, which is Ryan Gilbert. Bush. Latte. Oh, <laughs> I, oh your favorite beer. Yeah. Pacifico. There we go. And uh, it's hard. It's just hard. He can't even play the straight man very well, can he? I'm trying to just try to help me out here, man. Uh, And uh, I realized I'm down to like six, maybe four Pacificos. Oh, I got. I moved two upstairs, so I'm low. So I need to get to the fridge, wholesale liquor, and give me some Pacifico, Senor Cerveza. Love it so much. It's so good, and it's really good when uh, Ryan Gilbert squeezes your line. Yeah. Get into the fridge whenever you're in town. It's uh, at the corner of Riley and Gates in the town in which we live. Great. He's going to love that. We have good questions, don't we? Okay. Um, you should, the, sure. the look said it all, but we're on a podcast. So, look, folks, we don't do recruiting on this podcast. We just don't. I mean, this podcast goes out to everyone. Plus, we don't have Ryan Wallace to talk football. We do have these two guys. To There's talk. a couple of general questions, but We're, it's not it's surface level. It's not specific guys in specific places. Okay, when you say general questions, is this just like uh, Schwarzkopf and Grant? Those kind of generals? I think it's general. Go to the general and save some time. Okay, here we go. Awesome. Sure. Also that, that one. Free plug right there. Let's get going. <laughs> Who's got the questions? I've got this. Oh, oh yeah. Frank Gilbert, take over. Well, you stole Pickles's. Well, I know. I didn't know. Question. See, I don't know what questions we're going to ask. So, Pickles, we told we'll you. We'll get to you. I know. <laughs> we told you that that's, well, you what he used, quit. that's what he used his one question on, and you said, I'm going to rain on his parade. Ah. Sorry, Pickles. I, I apologize, Pickles. From Wagcat, why can uh, I only not ask? Him. Why can I only ask one question? Shoot, does that last question count as my question? Can I start over? <laughs> that was the second question. No, uh, you told me to include that one. I could walk not. all over that I, one. I did not. Uh, hey, Wags, uh, no, yeah, that's your question. You can only ask one question because we got a bunch of new people. We want to hear from them too. So, ha ha ha, Mister Austin City Limits. There we go. Let's talk trash, huh? Okay. That was the worst trash talking. Great game. answer. From I like, Zach is going to yell at me. I'm, t- I, I'm trying to figure this one out. I like shawarma? Sha-arma. I don't know. Sharma. Hey, uh, Cole, Google that real quick. Let's Anyways. make sure it's not like uh, Portuguese for something we shouldn't say. Yeah, find the origin. But a new member, so welcome to the site. We appreciate you joining us. Longtime listener, first-time subscriber. Does this upcoming it. football season feel like one of those seasons where we don't really need things to go right as much as we need them not to go wrong? Meaning we have a good team and we don't, have, uh, we don't need the stars to align to book a spot in Arlington. We just need to avoid season-changing catastrophes. Or am I being too optimistic about this team? You're optimistic, but I don't think it's too optimistic because I kind of agree with the sentiments in general. I think they have a few more spots maybe to address with some transfers, um, a little more linebacker depth naturally after losing the guy this week. Um, 
probably another safety and D tackle. You just go down the list. But I do feel really good about this team, particularly on the offensive side. You're going to have a a pretty sound offensive line, even though you got to rebuild the interior. Receivers that stepped up in the bowl game. You got Deuce Vaughn. You got Adrian Martinez in the backfield. Ben Sennett as a fullback tight end is just special. I mean, Chris Kleiman said he's the best at that job he's seen since being involved with, you know, both North, North Dakota State and K-State. Um no. And on top of that, you look at usually before last year, you could just pencil in Oklahoma. Well, honestly, we don't know what Oklahoma's going to be like. They do have a new coach. They did have a lot of upheaval on their roster. We'll see what Oklahoma's like. I'm sure they'll be good. It's not like they lost all their good players. They've got a good coaching staff, but it is new. So there is some uncertainty there. I think Baylor and Oklahoma State will be good, but I think K-State can compete. K-State competed with both of those teams last year when they were the best in the conference. So I am optimistic. I, I like this question a lot because usually, you know, last year we spent the entire season, or I did, saying this is a huge game. you got to get this over this hump. Every week. And and I felt like they got over the hump with what they did. They Sure, they had the losing streak in the middle of the season. But for the most part, that season accomplished a step forward for the program. Now, the next step which honestly is getting to double-digit wins, is a big step. Let's call Matt Campbell and ask him about how big a step that is. You can be really good, but getting over the hump and getting that 10th win, that's tough. So this is a giant year, giant year in recruiting, giant year on the field. This is an important, important season coming up in 22 for Chris Clement. Is this the most important year of K-State football since the year that K-State won the Big 12 with Colin Klein and Bill Snyder? Well, it could be. I mean, I just feel like there were expectations with that team. Yeah. And there are expectations with this team. I, I, I think if, if, you're, if you're talking about expectations, no. I do not think that since then that this is the most the – t- the team you should have the most expectations. No, on. no, no. I just mean as far as um, considering where everything was. Like a year ago, coming off of a 7-5 a and five regular season. Like there is a leg- that, that is a legitimate big step to go from 7-5 and five to competing for a Big 12 championship. But I think if you ask a majority of the fan base – that is probably what what eighty percent of them will say. Yeah, I think they can do it. And last year it was probably fifty fifty. You know, it's like, well, I don't know. Um, I'm with you, Fitz. I I've, I've been steadfast on this since the very beginning. I think there's a lot of talent on this team, and I think that they have the coaching advantage in a lot of games. These coaches know how to coach players. Like you can say what you want to say about recruiting, but these coaches know how to coach players. I feel confident. That whenever K-State goes into a game, there's a great chance that they have the actual coaching advantage. Now, has Dave Aranda, has Mike Gundy gotten the best of K-State in the past? Yes, they have. There's no denying that. But I do think that as far as getting teams prepared to play, I think this staff does a really good job at that. And I think if they can continue to get players in, which they have been, um, I don't see why this can't be the year they take the next step. And if they don't, and you're looking at the year after that as a, as a next step with a new quarterback, a young quarterback, whoever it may be. There's going to be some questions, but I, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Mr. Sharma. I couldn't find out what that meant, by the way. Okay. Last time I saw it was a Middle Eastern dish. I don't know <laughs> if that's right or not, but I'm I'm with him. I think I think this team can can go wherever they want to go. If I'm being 100 percent honest. 
I just, I still, the question's like really perplexing to me. Just trying to like think it in my head, you know, having things go right or having them not go wrong. I mean, you're kind of looking at it the same way, but you know, if I, I think you need it, you need more things to go right than you need them to not go wrong. Um, I, I just, well, that's usually always the case, right? Yeah. I just, I think if you look at it the other way where you don't need them to go wrong, you're just kind of like, you know, as long as we just get through the season, you know, seven and five, you know, that's, that's not going wrong. And I think if you're really trying to make the next step and being, you know, a nine and four or excuse me, a nine and three, a 10 and two team, you need a lot of things to go right more than you need them to not go wrong. The baseline. I think, I think the baseline is yeah. of, of not going wrong is, you know, you went six and six, you went seven and five, you made it to Memphis, you won your bowl game against Mizzou or so what Mississippi happened State. So yeah, what happened kind, of what, like, kind of what happened last year. You I beat the teams that, you were supposed to and right. lost to the teams that you maybe had, you maybe were supposed to. That's kind of what happened last year. So you're, you're going to need a couple of games like OU in 19 and 20. Having things go right mm-hmm. instead of having things not go wrong. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I, I agree. A, I want a shawarma now. Do you look it up? A thinly sliced cuts of meat like chicken, beef, goat, lamb, and sometimes How's it spelled? turkey. He, he misspells it if this is what it is because there's an A between the W and R. I really don't think that's what that is. But, <laughs> but um, no, we're going to pretend it is. Um it, it's rolled into a large piece of flatbread or pita that has been steamed or heated. Inside the pita, you can add things like hummus, pickles, dead puppies, vegetables. Okay. Oh, I'm, it, I'm, I apologize. It doesn't say dead puppies. It says french fries. I, <laughs> I, totally. You're dyslexic, aren't you? Yeah, I'm dog's dyslexic. Yeah. Let's let's move on now. From Imarica. Considering Fitz's- That's a dude, by the way. <laughs> It's part of the question. We'll get okay. there. Okay, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Considering Fitz's daily delivery on Clemson, should us K-State fans accept that in this day and age with NIL, Transfer Portal, and looming and a looming Super League, we're most likely never going to win a national championship in football? Signed, Erica the Dude. Okay, let's sort this all out because there seems to be a great deal of confusion about what's going on. The idea of building a super conference isn't to build a conference within the existing FBS. It'll be its own thing. So Division One wouldn't have just FBS and FCS. It would have FCS, FBS, and Super Conference. The Champions League. The cha- no, well, the better soccer comparison is when the Premier League split off from the championship. In 92-93, Premier League is a new league, and it's the top teams from England go into that, and then you know, the the old top league was the championship, which now the championship is the second league in on the pyramid in England. But that's really what would happen is you're creating a premier league of football programs in college football in America. But at some point, you're going to have a bunch of losers in that league and there's going to be nothing to do with them other than they suck. And they're in so this league. Let's, let's use that. Let's call this the premier league. Um there are varying visions for this. I think in ESPN's vision, it is essentially the SEC plus anyone they deem worthy. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, um, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, probably Michigan State. Um, you go out west, the Pac-12. They already took Oklahoma and Texas. That's probably all they wanted from this conference. That's why they took them. But USC, Washington, Oregon, 
might be the three out west. And, and in that vision, it's only 28, whatever that adds up to, 30, 32. And if you think Kansas State is regarded in the top 32 of programs, you're, this isn't about how we view ourselves. It's about how someone else views us. They're not. Now, if this league is like these are the bare minimum requirements to be in our league, which is what I've said over and over is how they they better do this or they're going to be just swimming in lawsuits for interfering in business and other things. Need South Paul to help me out here. But um, if they set standards and invite in anyone who wants to meet those standards, including athletic budget, then it's up to Kansas State to decide, can we do that? Are we willing to do that? And then if you say, no, you've made the decision, not someone else. What I think they're seeking to do is have this third level, this upper, upper level. Now, if you back up and think about it, if if this level exists, this is really going to be semi-pro football. All of these programs will be paying players at some level. And I'm not opposed to that, but I also think... Just blanket paying players is a bad, destructive idea. It's going to destroy locker rooms. It's going to take a lot of the fun and romance out of college football, a lot of the stuff that we like about amateurism. But it will create a middle grouping that, in all likelihood, if there's only 28 or 32 teams in that upper division, will include Kansas State. So I ask you this. Do you honestly think folks at North Dakota State are bummed out that they don't win national championships at the highest level? Or do you think they celebrate the national championships they win at their level while still being regarded as Division One? And this would only really affect football. I mean, I, I personally think if they do this, you should say, okay, well, this is for all sports. This is for you're no longer part of the NCAA tournament. What? No, you don't get to take away this from all of us so you can make more money and then come back to the basketball tournament to make money. No, you're out of that too. I think they need to play hardball with them. But if you're Kansas State and now you're competing against the teams left in the Big 12 and other teams around the country that are of similar backgrounds. North Dakota State. Well, maybe, and right, maybe more of those programs in the FCS level would want to play up into the middle grouping. But I'm thinking of Purdue and Indiana, Minnesota. My problem with these SEC Super Conference things are there are a bunch of bad teams in the SEC still. Just because they're getting the recruits, just because they have the money to put into McDonald's bags to pay these guys to come to their school, it doesn't make them good programs. No. You talk about K-State, oh, they're not great in the Big 12 if they're you know middle of the league. There's somebody in the middle of the league everywhere. Right. Mississippi State? Ole Miss, they are going to destroy they, some programs. Vanderbilt, should they be in the SEC? It turns into a minor. At some league. point, when you bring in, when you bring in USC and UCLA, Ohio State, Michigan into the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas, somebody's got to go. Somebody's going to lose. Games. Somebody's got to. Not even that. Somebody's got to be kicked out of the SEC. There's going to be a point where you have, well, we got 28, 30 teams. How are we going to split these up? You got to expel certain schools, South Carolina. There's a bunch of bunch of bad teams. And think about like Kentucky, if, if, back to your basketball thing. Kentucky is probably most similar to KU in the SEC, in an SEC sense. Yes, they've had success 
in football recently, but Kentucky is a basketball school. They are not a football school. And if, and if you're going to play hardball and that's what was going to happen with the premier league teams and a lot of those teams in Europe, those soccer teams saying we're going to create a, a super league. They weren't going to be allowed to play in their domestic league. They were going to be separate entities expelled from the premier league or league one or wherever they are. And that's your league that you're going to play in. You're not going to play in the champions league. You're playing in your own little division that you decided to create. And if that's, what happens and that's what should happen as Fitz has described but if it comes down to a school like Kentucky saying you know what I think we'd rather play in the NCAA than play in a Super League for football this will be the decision every athletic department needs to make if you're Vanderbilt do you really is a hundred million dollars a year as opposed to 50 worth getting your ass kicked every year in everything that matters with football I mean, you do now, but it's going to be dramatic at that point. Every year. And again, if you're playing a majority of your games within this like group, half the teams will lose the games that you play with each other. It's how it works. You're going to have long-time programs suddenly hanging up six and sixes. Now, is that worth $100 million? To all of a sudden be... be uh, Michigan State, and now you're three and nine in the Super Conference. I mean, isn't being ten and two in a lesser division better, even if it's less money? And these are all questions that every program and fan base and athletics director they're going to have to ask themselves. Do you want to swim with the sharks because someone's going to get eaten? Period. And this ain't going to work, by the way. This is not going to work. If ESPN thinks the television ratings for Alabama versus Washington are going to be mega huge because they've got a super conference, they don't understand fans. The reason we watch these great games and so many reasons in college football is because it's tangible that they're on the same level as my team. I might see them in a bowl. Probably not Alabama, but you know what I mean. You take them away, you remove them from my neighborhood, I don't give a shit about them. I don't. I might tune in for something entertaining, but on every Saturday, I'm not going to sit down in front of the TV and watch a bunch of games that don't impact my team that I root for. ESPN is making a grave miscalculation, but I also believe ESPN is caught up in a fantasy world of it controls everything, and it is the all-knowing entity of, of all sports, particularly college sports. You're not, man. You are so unplugged from the reality of what's going on in middle America, and maybe that's why you want to skip over middle America. You want to just pick up football where it's religion in the South, add in the, the power of traditional programs when you were growing up in the 70s and 80s, 60s, and say, okay, we're bringing in Ohio State. I mean, if you're talking about bringing in Miami, when's Miami counted in football in the last 20 years? Once. Florida, Florida State's on the rocks. So they're trying to bring up this nostalgic version of college football while destroying the very product they think they're honoring. ESPN is so unplugged from reality right now, it's so baffling how they got themselves at this point. I, 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 and I see them trying to devalue 
entities like the Big 12. I see them still doing it. We had the thread on the message board about ESPN Radio mm-hmm. and how they were just basically dismissing the entire Big 12 that there will no, be no more Big 12. When everything we've seen values the Big 12 at number three in the Power Five without Texas and Oklahoma. The tangible numbers say something totally different than what the ESPN crowd says. And the reason the ESPN crowd is trying to devalue the Big 12, because the suits don't want to pay the Big 12 what it's worth. They're colluding against the Big 12. I think Bob Bowlesby, in part, resigned because of all this. He doesn't want to be part of the lawsuit that will have to come down. ESPN's biggest fear is CBS or Fox or Amazon Another big spender will say, we're in on college football. We're coming. We're going to do this. Because right now, they get to decide what everyone's worth. And it's about time someone decides what ESPN's worth. Next question from Bush and the Hog. (laughs) It's a new member, so welcome to the podcast. I... I, I, I didn't read it until uh, until it's. I'm just following instructions over here. It's, Zach put this together. I, I'm not but, objecting to the name in any it, way. I just a person. I didn't. Someone came up with this name, and it's just wonderful. I didn't put two and two together, which is funny because I sent everyone a TikTok that was yep similar. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what's, what's the question? If the football team were to have a nine uh, nine plus win season, do you think we would see less players transfer out of the program? It has nothing to do with it. They could go twelve and zero, and it wouldn't matter. It has nothing to do with it. It just doesn't. Alabama has transfer portal people. Everyone has them. They come and go. Every kid's motivated by whatever they're motivated by. More playing time, closer to home. Dad had a chest cold, and I need to be back in Texas. I think if you switch this to basketball, just I, I love it when they said I'm transferring because I want to be close to home, and then they end up going to <laughs> some distant place. At, yeah, whatever. Would you agree with me on that, Fitz? But, if it's basketball, maybe it's a little bit different. Yeah, I think so. I think there's maybe because I mean, there's less spots and a little bit more playing time, but it goes around on the roster. You want to be more part of a winning culture, right? In football, it's just different because if you're not going to play. You're not going to play. At least in basketball, you could most likely see a path. Even the guy at the end of the bench sees if one guy gets hurt, I'm up next. It's not necessarily like that during football. So, yeah, I mean, if there's certain guys that we thought might transfer out after K-State won seven games this year, and they stayed. If they were to win nine games, I think we'd still have those questions. So, I... Yeah, I don't know if, if this if this matters as much, but I think if you establish a winning culture you'll get more people to buy in as opposed to guys just being on the fence and staying just because they have a place to play. To go fully analytical and by the numbers, I think if K-State won nine win, won nine games every season, that is worth at least one less player in the transfer portal on okay. your whole team. And I think it probably goes up yeah. probably a player per win. If you're, I mean, if you're losing 15 guys a year, you know, right now at seven or eight wins, you know, if you get up to 10, 11, maybe you're down to 10 or 11 people in the transfer portal. And at that point, you're probably saying, don't let the door hit you with the good Lord split you. Mm-hmm. So. 
It's, that rolls off the tongue. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Butt. That's not the bush or the hog. That's the butt. <laughs> <laughs> if you're winning more games, though, the coaches would be a lot quicker to run off certain players that aren't as valuable to your roster. Yeah. So I'm kind of with Zach. Uh, yeah, but there'll always be people. Yeah, I don't think it's going to. It's not gonna, it's, coming in to replace those guys. Right. I think that's where the wins benefit you is you become more desirable for the incoming. Sure. But then again, you're looking at West Virginia had roughly half their roster leave. I still don't know. Uh, watch, watch the preseason polls come out. West Virginia will be ranked above K-State. Mm-hmm. When they had mass exodus from their program, oh, you don't have Skylar Thompson back. You know, it's, And they get... Daniels from Georgia. Yeah, woohoo. So, but now they're talking about some pretty high profile transfers coming in because there's great opportunity to play on a pretty good program. I, I like West Virginia's program. It's it's not I mean there's some substance to it, some tradition to it. But yeah, I, I just think if you get better, you probably lose fewer players and you probably get better players coming in. Last question of the first half comes from J.C. Pimpin. Oh, yeah. Another new member. Welcome. I got. I got. just got to say this. Uh, I think the quality of names on our 24-7 site just crushes what we had at Rivals. Uh, it just does. And I'm just talking about the names. The names are – people are truly inspired by these names. Which is funny because you named half of them early on. <laughs> I think I set a tone with I Like Pickles Cat. And who else did I name? Wisconsin Cheese. Wisconsin. What right? happened to Wisconsin Cheese? Purple Cheese. Purple Cheese. That's, purple what, cheese. that's right. Uh, oh, it's Purple Cheese. cheese. JC Pimpton, if you're not listening to this podcast in the drive through at Poncho's right now at 2 in the morning, I don't know what you're doing with there your we life. Go. There we go. We don't even know if this is Junction City. <laughs> Junior be. College. Yeah. Could be. Um, Zach, I think you might like this question. Any idea on when or if the football team will be sporting new or updated uniforms. I would also ask the same about basketball with the new staff coming in as well. Well, Chris Kleiman addressed that today. I think Mitch Fortner asked him about maybe black uniforms. And Kleiman was like, look, that was my, brother's, my brother is in the uniform business, and we talk about this every day. I don't think they talk about it every day. But he did say, tells, talks to him every day about uniforms. And the supply chain is still kaput. I don't know what word to say. Very backed up, very difficult, which, yes, probably true, but at the same time, you can probably get what you want if you wanted it. Sounds like the dog ate my homework. But also, you did mention something interesting, saying that they still haven't been up to Nike. They still, and and maybe that's the truth. Maybe it's smokescreen. I don't know. I the way he said it seemed very honest, and it kind of backs up with everything. Because because if you guys remember, the the contract expired at the at July June thirtieth, July one of last year. The contract expired that they previously had. They did renew it a month later or something, and there wasn't really any doubt that they would renew it. But they did renew it for only three years. So we're entering year two of the extension, and. Uniforms usually take at least a year to get done. If they don't do something this fall, they're going to go into year three on the contract where they're probably just ordering what they need. And probably by next summer, I'm assuming that July 1 on July 1, 2023 is probably when the contract will 
open up to the point where K-State is free to talk to others again, and and maybe we see a company change, a manufacturer change, because at this point, if K-State wanted something done, and if they wanted a long-term relationship with Nike, and if Nike wanted a long-term relationship with K-State, they probably would have done something. So if there's no new uniforms, like garments. I'm not talking about helmets. You can do helmets. Um, I don't think they're going to change any of the, the pant colors or anything. Bring back you the know, white pants. Maybe they bring those back, but you know, those when they made those, those were made on short notice. They had the template already. You they just needed that. to stitch, you know, yeah. new new pants in the in the template, but it's not like that's cheap. KC still has to pay money. They don't necessarily pay money, but they have they have a balance with Nike, and whatever they buy comes out of that balance. And doing things on rush order is not really the best use of your Nike dollars when it comes down to it. So if K-State doesn't have new uniforms this year, I'm going to be extremely perplexed because it, you, you enter the same situation you did a couple years ago. You want new uniforms, but you're on the final year of a contract. Right. It just the the three year extension was just kind of strange to me. I only think we're going to see a helmet because helmets are blanks and then right. they put stickers on. And it was interesting. What set this off was Kenny Lanou brought in a white helmet with an autograph on it, and we're like, "What?" And it was for the Powercat auction. Powercat auction, which is Friday night, but there's no game. Are they doing it online again? Or is it- I don't know. I gotta- I forgot. And when I saw the helmet, I was like, "Hey, we need to." Find those pictures and make content. I, I truly believe that they will get new basketball uniforms to answer the second the second part of this question. Basketball uniforms don't take long to make. They don't take long to get in. It's they get new uniforms about what every two or three years. Yeah. They've um, they I think this is year two on the current ones. And they've right. gone usually they go about three years on cycles, on design cycles. New coach, new new completely new everything. If they don't get completely new uniforms, they got to get something. I they got to spice it up. I don't think they will, unless I mean, it came. It comes down to Drew Sparrow, who was the one that was kind of in charge of everything. So if he was working on something over the last six months to a year, you know, maybe they get something. But considering that they did the lavender shorts, and that was really the last big thing, plus the the home white a couple years ago, the throwback. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what else you possibly can well, do. Unless they wear point. those more. Right. I just think they try and flush out I everything. Think that, I, I can see them keeping yeah. the Wildcat script white as their home uniforms. Maybe stop using the other white and keep the lavender because that's very traditional. And then maybe just keep the road purples as they are if they can't get new uniforms right away. But I still vote Cat Scratch. Pants. Yes. Got to bring back the cat I can't scratch. wait for that to be an actual throwback that they wear. Oh, they will. The cat scratch? Yeah, but Can like... Can I get the baggy but shorts? Like ta- no, no, no baggy shorts. Tailored to the, 2022's the, taste and preferen- preferences. The Walker shorts that are down to his ankles? <laughs> Just ridiculous. <laughs> Those are my favorite ball boy days. Oh, my God. Because I got a pair of, like, practice shorts that were, like, XLTs, and they went to my ankles, basically. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, pants. Hmm... <laughs> I know Gills loves uniforms. Yeah, this definitely has an impact on how many games they win. Get out of here. There we go. But the boys look good. Okay, then we're moving on. That's it for the first half of this edition of the Powercat Questions podcast. We hate Riley Gates. We'll be back. 
GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Questions Podcast. I'd like to apologize for the way I ended the first half. We do not hate Riley Gates. We love Riley. We, really, we love Riley. He's the finest of the Gateses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just worry about him. I got a Snapchat from him uh, uh, with Whataburger. He's just so happy he has Whataburger right by his house. He finally went? He finally went. I tried eating there over the weekend. Now to go. Uh, I did not eat there. Because it was that long a line? It was that long a line. Do you, wanna, do you know where I did end up? I don't even want to admit it on this podcast. You should bleep out where I ate. Burger King? Uh, cl- pretty much. Uh, it was Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Oh, and you were in Olathe or Overland Park? No, I was mad. I was in Overland Park when I was at Whataburger. I was mad. I drove to my hotel, which was up by the airport, and I just was hungry at that point. And I was like, all That's right. ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's a fire. We, Fitz said it's a fireable offense. That's why he bleeped it out. Hopefully. I need help. What is Dickie's Barbecue? It's a chain. It doesn't matter. Oh, it is a chain? It's a chain. It doesn't matter. He had barbecue that wasn't from Hang one on. of the goats in Kansas City. Dude, it's a... It was like after eight o'clock. So you had doesn't go, matter. Go I can't go to Slaps is closed. Uh, what else is closed? Joe's is closed. Then I don't believe. get barbecue. Then what? Then don't get barbecue. I tried. I tried I getting water burger. <laughs> what you wanted me to go to Winstead's? I don't know. <laughs> I did have Quick Trip twice on Sunday. There you go. <laughs> That's better. There. Have you guys been to Casey's yet? I did. Is it open? Yeah, it's been open for it is. a couple weeks at least. Yeah, it's oh, the new gas station. A couple weeks. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm, it's. I'd rather have a quick trip. Yeah, same. It's. I tried getting a slice of pizza in there just to have it, and uh, like their things were just empty. Yep. And it's like, guys, your Casey's in there. Yeah. Your Casey's. You're famous for pizza. Have the pizza. Have the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And now all of the housekeeping that I forgot at the top of the show. So we'll do it here in the second half. We got really long in the first half. Like I talked a lot about ESPN. I apologize to everyone who loves ESPN. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Apple, Google, Amazon. However you get your podcast, make sure you go ahead and click that follow button. Subscribe to it so that you don't miss episodes. You know, while you're at it, go find Life of Fits. That'll be back. The overtime, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that'll be back soon as another version of the Powercat podcast. So make sure you're doing that. Follow us on YouTube. Get that done. 
Just go help us out. It really helps our algorithm. I'm, I know people say that, but I'm blown away by how many more people we reach the more subscribers we get to the YouTube channel. It really is quite true with YouTube. And of course, make sure you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com. Our listenership on the podcast is on the rise. Our subscriptions on the website are on the rise. Our YouTube channel's growing. Make sure you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com. We always have $1 for your first month. You can get one buck right up front. Get a 30-day test drive of GoPowerCat.com. And of course, we always have annual subscription deals going on. Make sure you go check that out. I think you'll really like how we cover K-State sports uh, in a very honest manner. That's really what I want to do with the way I cover things. People might say I'm grumpy, might be negative, but things aren't always rosy and they're not always bad. We try to get down the middle and just be very honest about things. But if you're a K-State fan, things are, things are going pretty well right now. You got to admit it. This is kind of fun. Optimism about spring football, football going into the 22 season, basketball, everyone's fired up. Little questions about recruiting, I get it, but they're still excited about Jerome Tang. It's a perfect time to subscribe to GoPowerCat.com. Get that done. And also, of course, we're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They've been with us for so long. They're so loyal to this podcast. We so very much appreciate their support. And we hope that whenever you have an opportunity, you will support The Fridge as a way to help us out. When you hit the west side, it's the best side because we have The Fridge. There we go. Throw up the the west side whiteies right there. It's my gang. It's my gang. We're beefing with a bunch of 10-year-old bikers right now. <laughs> question from Wildbass Station. First question of the second half is from Salt Hawk Cat. Is Jerome Tang's recruiting method to offer as many guys as possible? I feel like he's offered more guys in the 23 class than the previous staff ever did in any class. Well, I don't agree with that, but they're very visible players. That's the difference. And you got to remember, he just took over. So he's trying to get right. all these seeds planted. Right. I mean, so we're, we're like conscious of it because it's all coming at once because they have to do it at once. They haven't trickled out a bunch of offers to 23 kids over the last year. So they're coming all at once. Now, they are offering a good chunk of people through the transfer portal. But I've said this over and over. If they think they have an interest in you, you get an offer. Then they back up and evaluate you as a player and as a person. And maybe that offer will still be tangible or not. So they, it's a two-way street. They are tangible, being very aggressive with tangible that. offer, like Tang. Oh, tangible. There we go. It's a two-way street, right? So uh-huh. just because you offer them, if they say, "Okay, hey, I want to come," you can be like, "Okay, let me think about that and get back to you." This is the biggest thing that people don't understand. There's an offer, and then there's an offer, and most of these offers that you see aren't actionable. For example. If Dylan Edwards said right now, I want to commit to Oklahoma, Oklahoma would say, ah, we, we didn't we didn't give you that kind of offer. We've got other running backs we're looking at. You're offered so that you know you're on our board. I personally think that should be illegal. I personally think the NCAA should say, if you make a scholarship offer to a student athlete, it must be actionable. They must be able to accept that offer at any point, or you have to physically retract it. I think there should be something in writing, formal, about an offer, not just, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship. Well, I want to commit. Well, you can't quite commit yet. 
That's not an offer. It would be nice to go through some NCAA database instead of just scrolling through Twitter and, and seeing who's got an offer here or there just to keep track of everything and who has a real offer. I, I, will, I do think it's interesting to point out, too. Um, if you look at these tweets on Twitter from the coaching staff, a lot of them are Coach Malugi. They're not, they're not with Tang, right? And that's just, I think, simply because— Did you say that right? No. Yes. Let's look. Malugi? Yeah. I think that's right. Yurik Malugi. It's not Malugi? Nope. Maligi. Okay, keep going with your answer. So they talked to Yurik. I know that's how you say it. They talked to Yurik more than they talked to Jerome. Um, I've gotten that vibe. I know Ryan's gotten that vibe. So how much of an offer, if you're not talking to the actually the head coach, is it completely committable? You know, a lot of the kids say, yes, I look forward to talking with, you know, Coach Tang. I look forward to getting to know the program better. I feel like an offer comes, a, com- a committable offer as far as basketball comes on a visit. Would you agree with me, Ryan? Mm. I mean, it depends. If you're some five-star you know, prospect, I think you're not going to say you no. are committable, but right. you know, especially I think a lot more of these guys versus Weber's staff are actually committable offers. That's just my two cents. No, I, I agree. I, I think that. most of these offers right now, case said these are the guys they want. Yeah. And it, and the level of whether it's tangible or not, it will be a level of first come first serve. Mm-hmm. Have you confirmed? I'm working on it. Uh, as noted earlier by our staff, the bios currently aren't on the K-State website. Um, hold on. This isn't what I wanted. Uh, let's move on. Is it not on Texas? Uh, I don't know if they had a pronunciation guide. Hmm. Anyways, all 3 Putt asks, when Jerome Tang wins a national championship, will the KC media cover it like they did KU? No. No. I'm. I'm just gonna. I can't see it. I don't have my glasses on. Is there a button that I you can hit the hit the play button and hear it? No. No. Would you like to confirm, Zach? We're interrupting the podcast. <laughs> he just wants to be right, and I. I'm... That is Malagi. That's not Maligi. Put that him on the phone right now. Malagi. Get him on the podcast. He can. He can settle this. Okay. Mal is in all caps. That is the emphasis. Malagi. Okay. What was the question? Ku. Oh yeah. yeah. Media, championship. Let's just be blunt here. The Kansas City media covers the professional teams of Kansas City. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Royals, Sporting KC, and Kansas basketball. And I don't mean that as an NCAA insult. I mean that as that's how they treat them. There is no NBA franchise, so they pivot and turn all of their main basketball season attention onto Kansas. Now, Kansas is a national power, so it's not like they just – they're not doing it with UMKC. So there's there's this thing, this romance between the Kansas City media and KU basketball. It's like, hey, you're really good. And by covering you, we get to go to New Orleans to cover the Final Four. And it moves the needle in their market. There are a lot of KU fans in Kansas City. I would venture to guess that if you combine K-State and Missouri, it would probably be about the same number as KU. And there's a lot of T-shirt fans. In part, maybe created by the coverage of the media. But, um, no, they won't. They would not. It's not as important to them. We're not in their... 
coverage market, and neither is Missouri. Not like they'd ever go to a Final Four, <laughs> but um, it's just—it's not the same. It doesn't move the needle, and even less so now for Missouri since they went to the SEC because Kansas City, flat out, is not an SEC town. There's resentment for the SEC in Kansas City that has impacted Missouri's coverage, and that coverage didn't bleed over to K-State. It went more to KU. I don't think, well, quite frankly, I don't think anybody in the Kansas City media knows a damn about anything college basketball related. I, I, I fully believe that. Outside of KU. N- n- well, even even then. I mean, you turn on the radio, they're not talking about KU basketball on a consistent basis. They're not talking about, oh, KU plays a game tonight. We're going to look at the game and talk about it. You know what they're going to do? They're going to spend 10 minutes talking about who talking about what it means and then they're going to move on and they're going to talk about the chiefs right if you listen to sports talk radio in kansas city it is 90 percent the chiefs and it's been like that and it's always going to be like that because it's always in season the nfl is always popular so that's what drives their ratings the only time they talk about college sports is when they talk about ku because fitz you're right during college football season there is absolutely no mention of college football on the radio whatsoever There's just not because it's it's football. They're going to talk about the Chiefs. And so um, as far as radio goes, yeah. Um, I do think, honestly, that stuff like this, podcasts, have completely changed how fans take in sports. And so, um, I mean, I think you would agree with me on this too, Fitz. But, like, if you don't want to have to listen to the, to the radio, then turn on your favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, there's nothing that says you have to listen to them anymore to get your sports information. And so – I think that's a good and, thing. And right now, m- many of your favorite podcasts have Jerome Tang on them, all all of them at once, everywhere. With the same questions and the same answers. And that's not a shot at the guys asking the questions. What else are you going to ask right now? It's all the same topics right now. Is there a question about this in the podcast? No. Okay. I'll just. Uh, we haven't had Coach Tang on, and, and as these started to break loose – I didn't want to be in line. I didn't want to be in line. I didn't want to be the next person to ask the same questions. Because what deep probing questions are you going to be able to ask at this point? None of this has changed since he was on John Rothstein, Rothstein's podcast or 610 with Carrington or now John Kurtz with his podcast. No, nothing changed in the week of all those podcasts. So now I'm like, let me just wait. Let me Let me wait. I don't know. End of May, even June, I don't care. I want some fresh material to address with Coach Tang. And I want to do it. I want to sit down and have a, you know, video and audio podcast with him. So, yeah, it's it's just everywhere right now. It's crazy. But, yeah, listen to a podcast, damn it. There's a podcast for – if you like Needlepoint, there's probably a damn podcast. Boy, that sounds exciting. Welcome to the Needlepoint Podcast. I'm Zach. Why me? I don't know. It's not you. It's just the host's name, Zach. From Joe Katz, what is the ceiling on Adrian Martinez? Does he have the potential to be one of K-State's top three quarterbacks ever in one year as a cat? He also can fly. Potential? Potential to be better than... Either Michael Bishop, Colin Klein, or Earl Roberson, depending on... No. No. Unless... I guess the potential would be you win the Big 12 and you get to the playoff. No, he has to win the Heisman. He has to win the Heisman, I think, to get in the top three. Well, maybe you're right. 
You, but if he does the other two things, he'd probably be on the Heisman list. Right. I mean, okay, at the very least, in consideration like Colin Klein in 2012. And Mike, yeah. And Beasley. Right. Or not Beasley. Uh, <laughs> it happens Bishop, to the best of us. Bishop, Michael Bishop. It's not, not, not Jonathan Beasley. Yeah, or, or Michael Beasley. Or Michael Beasley. Who had been a horrible quarterback. Um, you know, I, different uh, overtime question. Yeah. Um, when's that overtime going to start? No, it's going to oh, take something really, from. <laughs> really special. I mean, really, really special to do that in one year. So could it happen? Yeah. But, I mean, Tom Brady's wife might leave Tom for Cole Carmody, too. That could happen. You guys are going to crush me with this. I think Adrian Martinez has, talent-wise, whatever kind of ceiling he wants. If that's a Heisman finalist, that's a Heisman finalist. There's nothing holding him back, talent-wise, from being as good as any quarterback that I can remember with K-State. There's just, there's just not. You look at the tools that he possesses from a physical standpoint, from the way he plays the game, there is nothing that says, oh, he has physical limitations. He's not going to be that good because he checks all of the boxes. He has a big arm. He can run. He is an accurate passer. He, he, he makes plays with his legs. He scrambles. He can stay in the pocket and make deep throws. Like There's all these different tools that he possesses. Now, the one bigaboo is the turnovers, right? The other bigaboo is the health. Those are the two biggest things is that can happen to a quarterback. I don't, I don't know. Okay, go ahead, boo. My my saying is this: He can be as good as he wants to be. I said that about the football team because I think it's true about Adrian Martinez. How Adrian Martinez goes this year is how K State football will go this year. Is this fair? I'm sorry, I'm taking photos of the dogs. No, no, I say no. I don't think it's fair to say he can go because I think if high as he wants to, because I think given if it, his injuries, that like that might just be a limitation right there. That assuming he can't control. yes, yes, turnovers limited, staying healthy, he can. There is no ceiling with Adrian Martinez. I, I truly believe that he if, is. He's a special talent. If Adrian Martinez comes out and struggles out of the gate, I think he would get benched. And I think that Will Howard would do well enough to not be tied. That K State's success isn't tied to Adrian Martinez's success. So what I'm hearing is Zach is saying that Will Howard will be one of the three best quarterbacks in K State history. If you want to put my name on that, fine. He changes number to 18. <laughs> Why not? And he's got his own. And he has a logo now that looks kind of like Tiger Woods. So it was cool. The, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. From Wildcat Tad 3, what level of meltdown do you expect on the boards if Rodney Perry and his recruits end up not coming to K-State? I just realized that I put in that football question. I didn't mean that football question to be just sandwiched in the middle of the second half. That was kind of weird. That was, that was weird and off topic. That's all right. It's a little sandwich. That was the one football question. That's my bad, guys. Maybe him and Michael sandwich. Beasley are doing a question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Um what was it? What's the question? <laughs> Boards, Roddy Perry, meltdown. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, it'll be meltdown. Um, I I think it's going to happen. Look, I've never accepted that he's bringing a bunch of players. I've never. I always thought that was like a sidelight. That yeah, he's connected to a bunch <clears throat> of players. I think he would help in recruiting. But um, I think Jerome Tang has just decided. Hey, I've got. He's got a couple more guys on his staff now that haven't been announced. That must be vetted and go through all that stuff. But. 
I'm assuming one's a director of basketball ops who's a former assistant coach that can function as the third recruiting assistant or Coach Bourne can function as a third recruiting assistant right now. They're, they're not in a big hurry. But, I mean, the emphasis being don't assume that Rodney Perry's been hired on the DL. First of all, that would be illegal. So um, there is a snafu, and I think Coach Tang's agreed to slow down the process because this is the guy he wants. But he'll go somewhere else if he has to at the end of the day. We'll see how this all plays out. But I've never thought that I've, – I've been like everyone else. Wouldn't it be cool if he came brought by like all these five stars? I, don't know. I, I get caught up in that like everyone else. But that's never been uh, a combination deal for me. It's always been he'll come in and he's well connected into the AAU circles, which will be a future benefit, not an immediate benefit more. So um, I, I, I'm intrigued by this. I really am. I've never really encountered anything like it where a coach is intentionally slowing down the hiring of a staff member just so he can kind of evaluate what's going on with this. And, and, and I'll just put it out there. What's going on is he had previously agreed to coach Mocan this summer. And Mokan wasn't happy he wasn't going to do it. So he's honoring his commitment. So I don't know how that will play out, what that means in the future. We will see. They're already recruiting at a higher level than they have before and than they have in years. Yeah. So, I mean. With or without Perry. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be able to land talented players. I, I think you're with me on this too, Ryan. But, like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's asking about the boards. Uh, there will definitely be meltdown on the boards. There is meltdown on the boards a lot, and you guys are amazing. You do a great, do a lot of good things. It's what's awesome about a message but board. But it is, it's, it is. Sometimes the collective meltdowns are rather entertaining. <laughs> Especially when it involves other people. We don't need any collective meltdowns. Oh, I see. Mm, good one. Mm, there you go. Last question. We ready? Ask about Farm those Cat. five stars. New member, so welcome to the website, oh, Farmcat. We, we forgive you. <laughs> He's had his welcome. From Farmcat, I'm sorry I said that again. In which recruiting class will we see the fi- the first five-star from Tang and Co.? 22, 23, or 24? Ooh, that's a good question. Not 22. No way. No. It's too no. late. Is there anybody on There's the no board? On is the there anybody on the board? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Who? Julian Phillips. Didn't he commit somewhere? Link. Link Academy. I, Ties back to the last question, huh? Um, yes. I think 24. I do too. I think 23, they'll get some four stars. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, that's a great question. I didn't stop to think about it. But that will happen. That is going to come to K-State sooner rather than later. I mean, Coach Tang kind of brought his not, – not moxie, his image, whatever – his persona with him from Baylor, and it's translated on the recruiting trail. See, this is what's different is these guys have those existing relationships that go way back for years, and they've just now, as I said before, they've now just moved them to Manhattan, Kansas, and now we see guys like you had some stories about four-star guys that are like, I got an offer from K-State. When was the last time we heard about a four-star guy in basketball fired up for an offer from K-State? Yep. So, I mean, that right there is really encouraging. But, yeah, it, it, I think it's going to happen. And I'll be blunt. I'm not as enamored by five stars as everyone else. I kind of look around the country at, like, Kentucky. 
that has almost all five stars and and see the problems that that can bring on. And honestly, I look at Kansas from this last year. They're not a five-star in that bunch. That was wildly talented roster, but maybe one of the least, the least highly regarded in terms of recruiting rosters Bill Self's had, and he won a national title. I don't think stars relate to on-court performance as much as locker room culture and having the level of talent that can compete. I think if you bring in a five-star to an already established program, it's different than going out and just getting a bunch of freshmen. Because at the end of the day, they're still 18-year-old kids. We saw what happened with Memphis. Wildly talented. You watched that game against Gonzaga. That was one of the best games of the tournament. Up and down and up and down and up and down. Wildly talented. Never really put it all together until the end of the season. I mean, I think to answer this question, you have a better chance at 22 than you do 23. Because I do think that, um, I think uh, the off chance that Phillips ends up at K-State, extremely off chance of that. I think you have a better chance in 22 and 24 than you do 23, just simply because those five stars for 23 are about ready to commit or have committed already. So, But they've had relationships with Tang for a long time, like Fitz said, so I don't think it's – the timing doesn't really have much to do with it, in my opinion. Okay, i got a question for all of us. Uh, since uh, this is a topic, and, and Farmcat, this is not a shot at you. I just want to discuss this because he came on strong with the clickbait. Zach, I want you to define how you view clickbait. Clickbait is something that isn't the, – the thumbnail isn't necessarily – or in the headline doesn't necessarily match what you're going to get. Okay. It's like the stuff – the ads – like at the ads at the bottom of pages that say, see this star. This – can't believe this star did this or whatever. And you go through it and you have to click 50 times to get to whatever thing. That's what clickbait is. Uh, yeah. I, I, I get these promoted tweets and they'll be like a really intriguing photo on the front, typically a hot female. But – I always go read the comments about maybe it's a topic I'm interested in. I don't know. Read the comments. Uh, by the way, that photo's not in the story. That's clickbait. When you put something out there that has nothing to do with the topic to get you to click it, that for me, that's clickbait. If you put something blatantly deceptive, for example, this week Fitz makes his bold prediction on five-star basketball players coming soon to Kansas State. I view that as clickbait-ish. That's not really what I said. So it would kind of be. What about just forcing somebody to click on something to find out something? So hinting at something in the title or picture. That can be. That's my definition. Okay. It's kind of like it's like fake. I think click. I think clickbait is deceptive. Hundred percent right. deceptive. There's click. There's probably what some people consider clickbait to be. That I wouldn't consider it, but it is intended to get you to click. But also, that's our job here is to get right. you to click on stories. And well, someone brought it up before when I did the Brad Underwood breakdown of what he said on the radio. You know, why is it here? And it was like at ten in the morning, and it already had twenty thousand views. And I'm like, that's not clickbait. That is literally giving people something they are interested in, and they will click it. Good that's journal. not bait. Yeah. That's the whole fish. Yeah, that's <laughs> – we run tweets of the week every Monday on the site, right? Yeah, but you know what you're going to be getting right. in those tweets. 
Right. We say what it is. It's the tweets yeah. of the week. And do they get a lot of clicks? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Hey. If it's really, been a, it's been like, a good week. Like reactions after games. Tons of clicks. Tons of clicks. Because people are interested in it. That is not clickbait. That's material people choose to click. They're not tricked into clicking. I'll say this. I'll, I will use popular thumbnails to get you to click. Like, you guys love Adrian Martinez. I love when Adrian Martinez is on our website. He will be there on Thursday because you guys love Adrian Martinez. So that's going to be the thumbnail at 7 in the morning tomorrow is what he said today to the media. And Zach thinks he's going to get benched after the first game. I didn't say that. I'm saying that his ceiling. On this week's podcast, Zach says Adrian <laughs> Martinez sucks. Or did he? <laughs> That's clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you listening to the Pyrocat Questions podcast. Users, VIPs, young and old and new and and veteran. Uh, the site's growing like crazy. We appreciate it. And uh, we're getting new members every day. It's fun times to be a K-State fan. And, and I hope you'll come along with us on the ride as Chris Kleiman's football program continues to trend upward. And optimism about basketball continues to blossom under Jerome Tang. We'll be there the whole way. And when it needs to be asked, well, we'll probably ask the question. If things aren't going well, we won't tell you they're going great. We'll probably be honest about it. Just the way I'm built. Now I'm going to go to the fridge. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast wherever you get your podcasts.